Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 25th of March 2018. I hope you're all getting along out there as best you can at least because life is full of its ups and downs as they say and apart from Hollywood and Disneyland nothing sails along quite happily all the time. That's what nature and human life happens to be all about. But anyway, I hope you're surviving it, and, and across in Europe too, where they're still getting snow in some places, and it's very cold where I am too, of course, I hope you're <laughs> getting through it too. I noticed as well, I, I was waiting for it happening with all of the cons that are going on to do with the environment. Wherever you get big, big cons going on, someone is going to profit from it naturally. And people lobby and even set up front groups and so on for the environment to ban this and ban that until eventually you can't even heat yourself except by the methods which the big monopolies wanted in the first place. Britain, for instance, now, a place is sitting on coal, literally, and uh, they can't use it. They also, I think, banned wood for burning in their fireplaces if they can even get hold of wood. And they passed a law a few, well, a little while ago, a couple of years ago, maybe two two or three years ago, where you couldn't even get deadfall from the forest. That was a right in England, for instance, forever. For centuries and centuries, you could pick up deadfall in the forest, but not now. And you're left with gas. You get North Sea gas and natural gas. And it's the big con now is importation and, and exportation of canned gas, basically, for heating and cooking and so on. And therefore, naturally, the, the gas companies with the extended winter are making, a, making hay, as they say, when the sun shines or when the snow falls, and they're charging extra. They want to charge extra for because they're running short of gas, you know, because of this cold, cold weather. And since you don't have any alternatives because it's all banned, then guess what? You either pay up, pay through the nose, or freeze to death. And the world should take a lesson from that too, because the same con is getting put across the whole planet now, and that's what things are really all about. There are many reasons for what you hear, but it's never the real reason, whatever they tell you, especially to do with the environment or global warming. And that's why you're, you're all freezing right now, is because of global warming. And uh, we're supposed to believe that too, but mind you, with all the mind-bending that we're, we're told we've got to believe these days, in all kinds of areas, then uh, you've got to go along with it, don't you? So as you're sitting there going, your teeth are clattering away together, you know darn well that you're really, really over, overheated. That's what's making you shiver and freeze to death. Uh, that's the new mentality. You must be and do whatever O'Brien from Brave New World tells you to feel. Uh, so there you go. That's how it works. It? I'm not kidding you. You, you should see the, the, <laughs> the, the different writings in academia on human management programs, working on them consistently and all the different theses that they put out too to get through their examinations so they can go on and help rule over us on behalf of the masters of the planet. And the terminology would make you want to throw up. Honestly, it's so terrible. That this, uh, yeah, the, the first thing they try to do to make to impress their, their peer group is to create a new vocabulary of nonsense. But the whole point, it, it really points down to the fact that they've studied the humanity so, so well they know they can basically just order us now to, to believe whatever they tell us to believe or else. Or make you believe in a certain way because your peer group, they'll, they'll claim, is already believing it. And you'll join in. And a lot of folk will, actually, uh, simply because your peer group says so. They've done so many studies on that. And I, I used to read them on the air years ago, but I won't bother anymore. 
But that's, that's the society we're living in today. It's, it's beyond Alice in Wonderland. Uh, it truly is. And it's getting worse all the time with the professionals telling us what to think, do, say, uh, and even not to see what we see uh, and not to hear what we hear, etc., uh, etc. Et Very politically correct, isn't it? And the world goes on into this unified system planned long before I was born and before you were born too. I'll touch on some of that tonight, perhaps. Now, before I start prattling on again, I'll just remind you to buy the books in discs at cutting through com. They're really different because the point of logic is our greatest enemy, in a sense. <laughs> we're trained to think in a very linear fashion. Because of that, those who understand how to persuade you, put it that way, persuasion, the art of persuasion, which is very important for controlling and actually creating societies and then controlling them forevermore and even updating them all at the same time and so on. It's pretty well perfected today. It's all done through persuasive techniques and the understanding of how language operates on the human mind. Therefore, if you put something across in the right sequence, you can lead them to the desired conclusion that you want them to have. They might even think they're getting choices or they're going to make their own mind up, but they won't. You're actually getting led along the garden path to the inevitable conclusion. Expertly done. It's a real, a perfected science today. So I write in, in a way to, make, to show you how so much of what you're taught is nonsense. And I really mean that. When you go into the histories, for instance, of of uh, the world controllers, those who, design, who decide, actually designed a, a society. In the late 1800s, at the very least, you can actually find lots of, tra- more than just traces, in fact, of it then. The Eugenic Society under Thomas Huxley and, uh, and so on were involved in this too. And the Milner Group that set up the World Empire idea for world government and, and it joined with the US and so on and still going today, they set up with the World Wars, uh, the League of Nations, the United Nations, and the myriad, uh, countless organizations and NGOs, all working towards the same goal of not just a unified world system, but the step-by-step-by-step-by-step, the multicultural system, and the leveling of the planet, basically, as far as cultures and religions go down the road. Right now we're going through what Rockefeller talked about. You can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. You have all the kind of mayhem as parts of Europe is flooded deliberately with, with mass migration. That's why Gaddafi was taken out in Libya, because he said at the United Nations himself, and, and it was true, that they actually were getting paid and had been working for a long time to keep the bulk of the people flooding across Europe and flattening and destroying the old cultures and so on. But the goal is to destroy them all, to bring in a new. And all the mayhem you see in the meantime, even if it lasts a hundred years, it's just the the, the omelette getting made, you see. You can't make it without breaking eggs, according to old Rockefeller. So we're living through that today. And the, the heartache and the, the terrible things that are happening is just just the fallout from it, which will continue regardless because the agenda is set in stone. It's set in stone. Nothing is going to change it. And for those who think that voting governments in and out would change it, well, good luck. There's also a Santa Claus. But the fact is that there are world controllers. There were world controllers in the 1800s that they talked about it. Regardless of the parties that we brought in, 
uh, the, the public would actually be under the control of uh, certain elite people. And they would train future leaders too. That's still on the go today. Uh, some of them actually admit that they've been trained to be world leaders. They're picked very young, and it's always been that way. Uh, they don't have any affinity to the countries which often they reside over, and uh, that's just the way it is. So buy the books and the discs, I say, it'll, it'll teach you, at least help you maybe to think outside the box and to realize that so much of what you've been given is a very advanced form of mind control so that you don't see what's in front of your face. And even if it's pointed out to you, you're trained to, to poo-poo it because you, you, you think it has to be coincidence. The, the strange things in language and so on has to be coincidental. Even though you keep stumbling over the coincidences every day once you understand how it works. It's quite fascinating, really. But that's the world we, we truly are born in, uh, into. People go off to wars in, in our system. They don't, they don't know they've been raised from, especially in the U.S., they're pretty well raised to go off to war. In the 90s, I gave talks on that with the, 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 when they were churning out, like you wouldn't believe, all these war movies uh, to impress youngsters. And, and they flooded the market with their, their video games and Xboxes and so on. And it's which told me they were going to create a whole, whole a generation of soldiers, which they've been doing ever since. A whole series of wars had to be done. And the PNAC group, of course, published the countries they wanted to be taken out. Wesley Clark talked about it, General Wesley Clark on Democracy Now! You hear him talking about the list. The ones they've done so far in the Middle East were only part of the list. The rest have still to follow. Iran has to be taken out too, and Syria, and so on. And that's why Bolton has been put, in, put back in, uh, in power right now. He's a member of the Peanut group, and the current one has changed his name. It's the same group. So I'll touch on that tonight too. There's always a reason for everything that happens, and there are powers behind the scenes, and sometimes it's even dangerous to mention it. But the fact is, that's how life is. I Don't get fed up being lied to. Really, come on. We, 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 it's like the old saying, too, in the old Soviet Union, when they had the Soviet system, that because the, the people didn't really do any hard work in the stores or anything. Everybody got, everybody got paid by the, by the government. So they used to say that, that we pretend to work, and the government pretends to pay us. Uh, that's much the same as all of us in a system we think is reality. We pretend that, that it, what they tell us is true, this is why this is happening, this is why that's happening, this is why we must do this and that, the other, and so on. Or we're going to war because of this, that. We, we, we pretend it's true, even though we know it's not. We must participate. At, like any con game, uh, a person who's conned must participate in their own takedown. That's exactly how it works. And we do participate. It's the same with elections, too. When they give you this farce of left-wing and right-wing and, and suppose a middle ground, whatever the heck that is. And uh, even, even colours now, you know, green parties and all that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> all you have to, they have a, a, like a booklet of standard quips and phrases to say. It's to do with education, uh, jobs, um, unemployment, uh, welfare, um, mother's rights for, for support and all, all these kind of things. It's always the same topics, regardless of the party. Uh, and old slogans, old worn-out slogans like "Make America Great Again," it was used back in World War One. Onwards, many times, all these standard, well-tried, 
phrases, catchphrases, and the people fall for it right away. It's quite amazing. We like to be conned, I think. We like to participate in being conned. And so people just have to pretend, like Bill Clinton said, uh, I feel your pain. Uh, that was like a, a recognition. Yeah, 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 it's not that great for you all out there. I know, I don't really care about it, but I, I know it. And therefore, it's nice to have someone acknowledge that, that things weren't going so well with the economy and your paychecks and so on. And so, therefore, people vote them in, you see. Once they're in, of course, you can do whatever they want. And that's exactly what they do. Uh, that was what uh, Lenin talked about. So get into politics however you can get in. Stalin said the same thing to the Comintern. We had people in Canada who led the Comintern, who got into politics, became prime ministers, and they did the same thing too. They were really uh, communists, and they used the liberal ticket to get into, into power. People think that communism, they still think of the old system of communism, the Soviet system, as being communism, but really we are more advanced today if you understand where it's supposed to go and how they're training us scientifically, step by step, to the next step. All the way along, as George Orwell knew in 1984, as I say, when he talked to O'Brien, O'Brien was torturing him, and Brian said that, that you'll believe whatever I tell you to believe. If I say I can fly, you'll believe I can fly, etc., etc. We're going through that in Canada today, that kind of stuff. And it will get nasty. It always gets nasty. Tyranny always gets nasty. And when you won't just jump and obey because you think it's insane, whatever it happens to be, then you'll be punished for it, big time. And you end up in terrible tyranny. Because liberalism, as, as they pretend to call it, is always tyrannical. It doesn't accept uh, equality of opinion at all. And having said that, don't think that any other party is any different. They're not. They're all pre-approved by literally world controllers. And we do have them. It was very much an evidence when part of the controlling management group were formed uh, and that they're below the controllers, actually. But that's the Trilateral Commission. And we know their names, of course, and they're the guys who actually implement policies behind the scenes for different countries and for, for their political parties. But they're, they're, they know the world agenda. They attend the Bilderberg meetings, and they know what their part in it all is. And we're done, it's done by deception. I think it was Toynbee said it uh, when he was talking about the goal for world unification and a, a world culture to be formed one way or another, even if they had to crush it together first to form the new. That means massive fallout and, and mayhem too. And I think he also was associated with the Fabian Society. They're all associated with the same <laughs> societies. The Milner Group too for World Empire, the richest folk on the planet too, were, were part of the Fabian Society as well, the so-called left-wing movement. They're on all sides of everything. And that's why I say never get fooled to join anything because you're being conned. That's the way it goes. There's a ready-made group for, for whatever mentality you have. There's one a ready-made group for you to, to walk into. All kinds of shades and persuasions of it. Already done. So Tonby said that. He said, we always deny with our lips that which we do with our hands. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Quite simple, isn't it? Because we, for some reason, I don't know why this is, maybe it's an actual thing, or, or, or we're trained that way, 
we, we're, we're trained to believe the people in authority couldn't be so, so, such liars, really. Or people who, who are elevated even up to, through the big machine that makes scientists stars. I mean, there's a machine, the machinery already existed when they made Einstein a star. It was the same bunch that made Hollywood stars and so on, and, and entertainment stars, music and so on. They made Einstein popular. And Brandt also did it later with other scientists too. He talked about it uh, in his, his, his talks to do even when, when the Unabomber was after him. Because there's a group of them that made these stars that were going to guide the world, unelected people that you would look up to. Because the machinery was made that they're somehow superior, more intellectual than you. And that's where the Bill Gates and all these guys come from as well, by the way. They're made into stars, so you follow them. And strange enough, people will accept them. Oh, Bill Gates and his group are vaccinating people across the planet. They want to do that to all of you too, back home. And you think somehow, because it's in your head somewhere, you haven't thought it through. It's through osmosis, as Jack C. Lull said, that you propagandize little bits and pieces, little bits and bites. And you think, okay, so that's quite normal. Wait a minute here. You don't vote the guy in. You don't vote any of these people in. And they want to start pumping chemicals into your body and across the world. Wait a minute here. What's his qualification? He doesn't have any qualifications in this. But you're trained. This is how you're trained. It's very, very slick. Lots of propaganda. Repetition is important. Bill Gates is doing that. Bill Gates is doing this. Bill Gates, Bill Gates. And, and that's how simple it is. You don't, you don't get a chance to vote or have a say in anything. Quite amazing, isn't it? Same with the guys who decide where you're going to get in your food. All different chemicals and so on. And, and they make them into stars too. So you believe them. Well, this guy's who's, who's supposedly a scientist and he's maybe a star, a kind of star. He said it's okay to eat all this, this, this pesticide and stuff. There you go. Well, why don't just sell the pesticide? We could eat that instead. If it's quite safe. But you see, <laughs> life, <laughs> those at the top are, like Bertrand Russell said, a separate species. They are now. Simply because, apart from their lifestyle and their, uh, how they live and, and, and the quality of life they have, and the, the real health they have, and real health care, not the kind we get the way down below, and all that kind of, I mean, these guys party like crazy. They go to orgies and everything, and they're not worried about catching diseases. Have you noticed that? Hmm? That came out when, when the reporter went around with Princess Di years ago. At one of the parties, because he saw these incredible parties that these, this, this wealthy elite had, and and he said, he said, aren't you worried about catching something? And they all stopped, like it's like, like he just says, let's all pray to God or something. Uh, they, they stared at him in shock because it was like, oh, that, this guy doesn't know that that's what came out of it. Obviously, they didn't, it wasn't even worth replying to the guy, this commoner. You see. They have real, 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 they have real protection against certain diseases, so, and they can certainly repair a lot of diseases too. That uh, you don't, you don't see them getting all these old age diseases either, do you? It doesn't happen. Can avoid that, isn't it? Don't you think? But anyway, getting back to it all, they are a separate species because they're raised with a whole different reality than you're given. They're not given the nonsense and the lies that they force upon you. They hear the truth of it from from their folks at the dinner table and, and all this kind of stuff. They understand what's going on. You know, look, son, you know, look, son, it's, 
the poor people, the, the little people there, we've got to manage the little people because we know it's in their best interest. They don't. So we, we give them lots of sex, we, we, lots of cheap entertainment so they don't have to get serious about anything because it takes sometimes hardship or a bit of d- deprivation sometimes to make them think seriously about things. If they're getting lots of sex and lots of cheap entertainment, they won't stop and think about anything. That's how you do it, folks. Freedom of slavery, huh? <laughs> Familiar? You're free. All the sex you can manage, but, 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 but what? Hmm? Huh? But anyway, that's how it works, you see. And managing humanity is not a new thing. It's always been on the go. And the ancient Greeks wrote a lot about it too, how to do different things. So did the Romans and the different uh, writers around the, the, for the Romans. And, and then even all the way up to the present time. We all know about the writings of Machiavelli. And we know about the writings too of Francis Bacon, for instance. He also did his own little uh, resume to the king as well. And, uh, and to the queen, because he went through two uh, royalties. And that's really what they did. They, they tell you, you don't tell the public, any, especially the truth, don't tell them the truth. See, if you don't get told the truth, they can never be taken down because they lie to you. Because you won't know it was a lie. You see what I'm saying? Things are presented in such a way that they're so obscure uh, uh, that, that you can't figure anything out. It's meant to be that way. It's meant to be. You're supposed to think we're just stumbling along down through time. Uh, and things just happen, you know, as you say, S happens. And, uh, and we somehow ourselves up and struggle through it and pay up the taxes to help it through and all that kind of stuff. And uh, nothing's further from the truth. The, the, the people that talk, when you realize the stuff from the universes alone, as I say, look at the people in the different behavior managements and behavioralism and sociology, the studies they're doing and, and putting out for, for their thesis uh, on managing us all. You can see what the courses have been through by the terminology the users have mentioned already. And these are the ones who then get the jobs to, again, go into production to manage us all behind the scenes. And they're, they're, they're like a higher level of bureaucrats. They're more like robots themselves, actually. Because if you part that rubbish long enough, you'll start to really believe it yourself. Until you can't even communicate with any human being again, naturally. We have to remember, too, that Charles Darwin's ideas on evolution, a lot of which actually he borrowed from another guy, I actually stole them. <laughs> One of their fellow, Wallace, his name was. But it didn't matter, the Royal Society was backing Darwin, you see. Uh, so much for truth. But anyway, it wasn't so much truth, it was an idea, an idea of controlling people and shaping a world under management, proper management, as they thought. And don't forget, the Royal Society itself goes way back too. And one of its first main projects was to study the beehive and to use that as an example of the perfect society, how to manage the perfect society. Division of labor, all, all the rest of it too, was, was in there as well. And Charles Darwin's, uh, when he died, uh, it was uh, Sir, well, he became a sir, but uh, Thomas Huxley was his, his champion then, his bulldog, as they say. And, of course, he, he eventually spawned off more of, of the, the Huxley's, and then you end up with Julian, and you get Aldous Huxley as well. Julian Huxley mentioned that, in fact, to UNESCO, that there were different categories of management for the world, and there was a scientific management system uh, who worked on behalf of the elite, 
the ones that Aldous Huxley mentioned as a dominant minority. Uh, therefore, there's a dominant minority at the very top, and then there's an academic group of scientists beneath them who help manage it all for them, for those above. And the Huxleys, they said, basically were, were part of that management group, the scientific group. And Julian Huxley, remember, became important in different areas. Uh, he started off as a zoologist, and that was what a lot of them did. H.G. Wells' son was sent off to do the same thing, in fact. If you study how animals in the animal kingdom behave and different mammals behave, you can you get an idea of what can be done to other mammals like humans. And that's all part of the, the game, of course. But Julian Huxley himself was a, a, a member, again, don't forget the Huxleys, like the Darwins, had a lot in common with, with the Malthusians. And Thomas Malthus also was a scaremonger of too many people eventually would would be born, especially the wrong kind of people, as I said, at the working people, too many of them, and they would be overpopulated uh, and we'd run out of food and all kinds of things. That was a big, big scare thing in, in his day. And that, of course, was all part of the eugenic society that, that came along too. They copied the ideas of, of, of Malthus into evolution and uh, and they also believe in eugenics too, that the most favoured races should should be encouraged to breed, and that means classes as well. And that was part of the title, in fact, of, of Darwin's origin of species, was actually to do with the most favoured races and, and so on and so on. But they made it quite clear in their writings, and Julian Huxley did too, that they could put money towards and, and effort towards and teaching towards teaching and, and breeding the right kind of people to rule everything and to start to diminish the supply of uh, the lesser people. The father, uh, actually the grandfather, Thomas Huxley, was more open about all of that as to how they should take down the populations of the unfit, basically, uh, those with lesser uh, mental skills. And that's never changed to this day. But don't forget that they, they, they create these kind of world leaders and they also create their, 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 their scientific elite that helps run it all and then they put them into positions of power. When they created the United Nations, that was a great step forward for the control of the planet and the different departments they created. One was UNESCO and the United Nations Educational and Scientific uh, Group. And the whole thing too was to create a world culture. They put, I think it was Huxley himself was put in charge of it, Julian Huxley. He did, he did some amazing speeches, very, very brazen speeches about it all. Very pompous, naturally, in his arrogance. And he's also a founding member of Planned Parenthood, too. Again, like Sanger, quite blatant about the same idea that children of the unfit basically were just weeds and they should kind of mow them down a bit, you know, keep, keep them cropped. These guys are, are looked upon as heroes of, of well, they are to those who control the world. And they try to get the, even the victims. It's, it's amazing when you have abuse systems that they train the victim to actually praise the abuser. Quite amazing, isn't it? It works awfully well. And people will. They'll say, oh, they're great people, these great people. Yeah, yeah. Really? These great people, if they gave you an IQ test, and look at your backgrounds and your parental backgrounds and so on, your lineages, it would have you uh, eliminated very quickly. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. 
They were also humanists too. They had nothing to do with morality in any kind of religious or natural, natural, humane system, although they call themselves humanists. Uh, humanism is not humane. They might kill you off humanely in their terminology, but that's about as far as it, it goes with humaneness. But anyway, you find that, for instance, UNESCO's aims, according to Julian Huxley, he wrote quite a lot about it, and was quite blatant about it too. And different ones too. Jai Elmer Morgan was another another worker for the, the National Education Association. He also was involved with it too. And they talk about world a world police force getting formed, the world bill of rights and duties, etc. As a citizen, a global citizen. And then you, you'll find the same thing was backed up with everybody in UNESCO too. And um, I think the, the UNESCO put out the NEA's article called "National Education in an International World." It's worth having a read through because it's all this common core is all part of that too that came down the pike much much later. And also too, you have the NEA editorial, the Teacher in World Government, by as I say, Jai Elmer Morgan, and the struggle to establish an adequate world government. The teacher can do much to prepare the hearts and minds of children. At the very top of all the agencies which will assure the coming of world government must stand the school, the teacher, and the organized professions. Now, don't forget that's straight out of the same terminology statements, too, that made by Lenin and Stalin. Stalin said the same thing. You need to, you definitely need to, you must pay the, the teachers well to educate that next crop of, of subjects. And there are subjects. And you must also pay the, the police well and uh, the military well because they keep them all in line and make them obey. And your civil servants, too, of course. I'll, I'll, civil servants, I hate that term, civil servants. I mean, they're not servants. They, they, they live awfully well off the plunder they take from you. But uh, if you read uh, a, good, a good one, two, three, is, uh, is Purpose and its Philosophy on UNESCO by, by uh, Julian Huxley, who was the first director general. And... He said the general philosophy of UNESCO should be a scientific world humanism, global in extent and evolutionary in background. In its education program, it can familiarize all peoples with the implications of the transfer of full sovereignty from separate nations to a world organization. Task for the media division of UNESCO will be to promote the growth of a common outlook shared by all nations and cultures to help the emergence of a single world culture. So that's from one of the founders itself of UNESCO. And it's been on the go since, of course, that's what they do. So why even vote for who you think is your nation when, you, when those at the top of your nation all know it's a racket and they're signed on to a global agenda to do away with your nations? Haven't you? You know, before they had the, 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 the Gulf Wars uh, and all of that kind of stuff, there was... All you heard in newspapers for 10 years was globalism, and we're global now, and, and the whole idea was we're winning off of countries. But once they started to, to the wars to go on, they said you need wars again. Suddenly you're back to being nations again as they use you to flatten other countries out of existence in preparation for the world government. They can go back and forth quite easily. And we go along with it too, because most folk don't even know what's going on. Or care. Because they're trained not to care. And if you can get the same entertainment and all the rest of it, uh, as always, during all that, and you're not starving, then you, you won't care. Quite easy. But you'll find that education for international understanding, that was one of the guidelines that the National Education Agencies put out, 
in American schools, and it goes through it all to do with the framework of a world system they must establish and so on. So worth reading again, too, for anybody who really cares. But another one, too, is the Humanist Manifesto. There was one uh, in the two, the second version, that was put out in about 1973. It's well worth reading, too, to give you an idea of where it's supposed to go. And then the Declaration of Interdependence, Education for a Global Community, was put out, too, across the schools and uh, in the West. All goes back to the whole idea of Alger Hiss, who was little locked up, I think, for a, being a communist, who helped write the, 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 the Charter of the United Nations, along with some Canadians, by the way, <laughs> yeah, which is quite amazing. But anyway, this is all kept from the public because you're not supposed to care about these things. If you care about these things, you might want to know more of what's going on. And, and lo and behold, they can't have that, for goodness sake, that the citizens actually waking up and say, what's going on here, eh? It wouldn't do at all, would it? So they keep you busy with nonsense and rubbish and the ooh and ah story. Look at the media today, the papers. The ooh and ah stories. There's more photographs than actually anything else now. Pictures, pictures, pictures and photographs. And little pets doing crazy things that their owners have propped them up to do. And this is your news today. And the rest of it is just what happens in Hollywood stars and all that kind of nonsense. And I even I don't like the terminology even stars. That, that was created by Hollywood itself. They love to, to, to basically give themselves awards and praise themselves, and that's just part of what they do. Whereas the entertainment industry was just, inter- you're an entertainer, that's what you were. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, actually I, I look at people who do tradesmen jobs as more important than, than, than actors and actresses and stuff. You might enjoy it, but I mean, let's be honest, there's not a, what do you mean a star? Come on. Awfully, awfully well paid But again, it's because entertainment industry Just like the news service On television Must keep you watching and looking into it all the time And thinking they're special So they bring up actors now uh, Like George Clooney, of course Who's now a member of the Council of Foreign Relations Because they decide to bring bring actors in now Because the public will follow them Because it, with, you're trained to think You like them or you even know them through the movies But you don't know them at all but you'll follow them, and then you'll accept their opinions on things. It's quite clever. It's, it's so simple. It's basic psychology, isn't it? And human understanding of how we operate. So there you go. A little ramble, a side ramble there. But what I'm getting to is, is that nothing's happening today that wasn't planned long ago, and you have so many organizations that would stagger the mind to look at them all working together on their specialized micro parts of society, culture, psychology, everything, all, all the time, to, make, to bring all this all about. And to bring you through it all, too, even when your countries are falling apart. I mean, Britain right now has got nothing but stabbings and shootings all over the place now. And imagine it's happening across the whole of Europe. Some countries won't even print what's happening. They've got their head in the sand because, because once you start talking about something... That's the start of fixing a problem. They don't want to admit they've got a problem. Which means all hell will break loose. It's getting worse and worse and worse. What can you say? It's like trying to put a cork on a volcano. But that's, again, all worked out as inevitable. Right down, if they bring in martial law across Europe, too, it might even be part of the agenda. I would think it probably would be when there's utter chaos. And, and you've, already, you've already got different no-go areas of different groups who've banded together, because what they've always found is, even in the ancient world, it's quite fascinating, 
when you look at uh, the, the ancient cities of even the Middle East or even ancient Greece, they're different. They're different quarters in the cities for different ethnic groups. The reason being that the different ethnic groups seem to like their own kind more than anything else. And now they're starting to admit that. As though, well, that's all nonsense. They're starting to admit it again because you can't keep, keep, you can't keep lying about it. You can't do it. They, they do. Every group's like their own people. And they like their own languages. And that's just the way it is. And unfortunately, they don't like other people's too a lot in them. And that's what you get in human, human society. Yeah, they're, they're determined that they're going to make it all work down the road. Again, the big omelet idea. We're all, you're all mixed together and whisked, whisked up together. But in the meantime, you, you have the chaos. No matter how bad the chaos is, it's not going to change. That is the plan. That's been the plan set in motion before I was born. As I say, you wouldn't believe the countless organizations working constantly to make this all happen. And the fallout and the murders and the slaughter and the incredible prostitution of children in Britain. They're even changing the laws. You can see it. You can actually see the sentences and, and, and the lack of sentences we do with pedophilia now, which means there's been decisions made higher up and the judges all know it. And there's one guy recently, in fact, he was allowed to, to go off on holiday with his family who's a, a, a pedophile waiting sentence. So the judge allows him to go off on a holiday before, before she decides what she's going to do. But you can see it, actually. You can actually see it. Uh, some of the cases I've been reading about too are horrific. Children getting hooked on drugs by these guys who come in, and it's true in their own countries, they, that was fairly common, what they do. Get young, young, young girls, the age of 12 and over, and you get them stuck on drugs, and you, you groom them till they're addicted, and you farm them out to orgies and stuff for money. Uh, and the scale of them in Britain... And, and that's just Britain, and it's got to be happening in France and elsewhere. It's phenomenal, and it's been going on for thirty odd years. And one of the one of the girls that happened to too, uh, the cops, some of the cops must be in on it, because when the little young girls were caught, you know, and then let go for for, for being prostituting for these guys, age of twelve and thirteen, these guys would come out down their vans and pick them up outside the police stations and away with them again. You see, that's, that country, that's third world. You're, when you see that, that's something you would expect in parts of India. That's what you would expect there. It's true. Or Afghanistan. And, so, and other countries as well. And listen, there's nothing wrong in saying fact, folks. There's nothing wrong in saying fact. There's nothing not nice about saying fact. Don't ever be convinced of that. When you can't say fact, you're done for. It's like trying to pretend you don't have a cancer when, the, when half your face is gone. Hmm? That's insane. So anyway, and I've said it too, it's like that, that uh, Eric the Viking, the, the comedy movie, uh, when they arrive on the island of the blessed and, and the, 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 everybody lives forever on the island of the blessed until anybody loses blood and anger. Of course, the Vikings arrive and something gets blood loss and anger and the, the, the island starts to sink and the king and all his, his choirs around him because all sung these awful songs uh, would refuse to believe it as they're going under the water gurgling away and he says no it's nothing to worry about we've got a committee we've got an inquiry going on right now we'll soon have it sorted, settled and that's that's where madness leads you and that was a comedy of course but we're living through the madness today and it's not supposed to be a comedy we're just uh, making an omelette 
as I say, and they know there's going to be massive, massive fallout, and they're planning for it all. And, they're pla- and they're really, that's why they don't even want you to talk about what's happening. Can you believe your children getting dragged off the streets, drugged, used as prostitution? And uh, What? You're not supposed to talk about this? When you can't protect your children, you are finished as a people and a culture. You're finished. And the drugs too are coming in, and they're legalizing more and more drugs all the time. Do you think this is all by chance? It is not by chance. This is plan. Don't forget the same characters who decide that you're going to now get all your drugs are the same guys that used opium and so on and flooded China with it to bring China to its knees before. The same people, same descendants, by the way, a lot of them. You can actually trace them and admit it, some of them in the States as well. They were the ones that belonged to the companies that flooded, flooded these bales and bales of opium in China as a war strategy. Hasn't changed. Hasn't changed at all. It came out even with, with the Gulf War, when they've had the first Gulf War over there. In the media, in the newspapers, they admitted it. Some of the U.S. planes were dropping opium from, from helicopters and from planes to try and get the troops to start taking the stuff, their enemy, so they wouldn't fight. It's a great way that if you take drugs like that, you aren't going to fight anybody. If you take these kind of drugs at home, you're not going to fight anybody. You won't be bored about anything. Anything. I'll repeat that. Anything. Which is great for controllers. Don't forget that. Don't forget that, folks. Never forget that. Don't think things are just happening by themselves. There's articles in the paper, too, across the whole of Europe. They know who's coming in, who's fought for ISIS, and who, who've pretty well told they've been, they've been trained by ISIS and end up blowing people up in these countries. But they're allowed in first. And, 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 the, and the authorities all know it. Do you think that's accidental? Those folk can't get into some of these countries because they've said something, said something that wasn't PC. But people who tell them that they've been out killing people and they're coming in and they've been trained to build bombs and things are allowed in. And they blow places up and they say, well, what? there's no recourse. You can't get these folk in that let them in and just put them in prison or, or try them, can you? I mean, they're untouchable, aren't they? Who do they work for? Certainly not the people. Of course it isn't the people. What I'm trying to say here is nothing is happening for the reasons you're told they're happening. Chaos is often used as a strategy. The people who, that's, they like to call them actors, the ones who act in all these different dramas that cause mayhem, often themselves haven't got a clue they're all getting used. <laughs> people who fight battles and fight things always have a different idea of the outcome. And it's never what they envisage. Never, never. Even soldiers in regular armies have no idea. They would never go off to wars if they could see 20 years down the road what would happen to their nations. Never happen. Never happen. But you find people at H.G. Wells talk about the need for wars, world wars, so they could bring in this global agenda with eugenics and depopulation down the road and so on. Even though all the evidence is there, that's what I, I tell people, you'll find it hard to try and get through the heads of people. They're so conditioned that no matter what kind of proof is shown them, They'll choose not to believe it. I've, I've heard people say that, that things are really nasty or scary, just maybe a little, even a little bit unpleasant. They choose not to, to believe it. Most folk can't handle truth. Don't forget that. And their conditioning, especially in a system as we have, which is so artificial, 
It's more so that they don't want to believe it or listen to it. It terrifies them. I told a, a banker once, not that long ago, but the bail-ins have been signed by Canada and every other country. So the next time they have the, the bail-outs, it'll also be bail-ins where they can grab a depositors' money and so on. And th- it was through the World Bank, through the IMF, and every country signed on to this and signed it. And went through, I read it at the time from the papers, but folk don't take that in. And when you mention it to them and even show them the articles, they'll literally still go in shock and say they choose not to believe it. It's too impl- You see... That's, again, I, I used to give talks on the idea of how you program people, and that's how, from the least point of view, and from all their own writings. And they say they would create a, a people who are egocentric, who would, would be taught to be almost hedonistic, just it's all about me, 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 fun, me, happiness, me, me, me. And they came out with all of that stuff that you hear from all the motivational speakers and so on. Be happy, be happy. Uh, don't worry, just be happy. And, and, and that which is insane. Uh, the world is not meant to be happy. If you were, you'd be hypermanic. And that's an illness. You need ups and downs and the flows of life. That's what it's all about. That's what brings maturity. That's what being human is all about. And if you don't have it, you'll never really have affinity for anybody else. You'll be in love with yourself all the time. Don't bother me. I'm happy with me. But they have created a society like that. Hedonistic and egocentric. Uh, even egocentric to an extent, and, and they'll only want to do what they like doing. Don't look at the negative, look at the positive. Anything that's bad news to them is negative. You don't grow and you can't avoid problems unless you know the bad stuff. So you're a child in <laughs> a Peter Pan make-believe story if you, if you believe otherwise. You'd be ill, actually. That's how they train people today. That's how they train them. And with uniform training through daily updates through television, where millions of people across the planet watch the same programs every day. It's what an incredible power that is to program them all, isn't it? Here's a few articles for you to peruse. As I say, you've got to stop being a linear thinker, in a sense, and go back and forth in different angles and many ways to look at the same thing and try them all, because you're starting to get the picture of how things really work. Let's just have a look at this here. You have migration flows. It's very interesting about the migration flows. When you see little articles like this, the resilience of students with an immigration background, factors that shape well-being. This came through all the papers last week. And I said, what what is this? Then I dug into it, and it comes from the Overseas Economic uh, Committee for Development, which is a United Nations thing, which we all pay into. Every nation pays into this. And they're talking about how they can use what they call a, a positive deviance from, from the bill uh, that's good for them and society and things, things like that. Then I, I dug into it and dug into it and, and I couldn't believe how much is out there in the right areas about this positive deviance approach, it says. They've got, again, they've got universities working in all of this and these ones who work in these fields in university go off eventually and, and they work over you, helping to condition you. These are the, the people who get the data, for instance, that Facebook has shared, as, as it uses all this, this data on all of you, on studies, and they find ways that you're not going along with something. They find little ways to, to prompt you and nudge you to go along with it. Go along the right track, you see, the way they want you to go along. That's what it's all about. And these characters who write all this stuff uh, in the schools and universities, that's what they go on to do. They're, they're the invisible controllers, the Bernays types, you know, the invisible persuaders, you might say. Yeah. You're getting prompted all the time. 
all the time. And they've got studies on you to find out why you're not going along with it. They know all about that. And how they try to just nudge you along a little bit, a little, to get you along with it. I've changed my opinion. Yeah, I think, and I think I believe that now. Yeah, that's how it's done, you see. Also, I mean, right now, constant studies. You see, the average person in the street, you don't think much about things. You just take things as they come along. But almost 29% of 15-year-olds in Britain come from immigrant backgrounds now. Now, can you imagine the younger ones are probably a lot higher already? And this is, this is done, basically, as a, as a happy, happy rat. This is wonderful kind of idea. And I've got the articles here from Julian Huxley, in fact, where he talked about eliminating the native stocks of the populations, including Britain. All that time ago, way, way before I came along. Not some, eh? But we think it's all just happening by itself now, eh? <laughs> and then you have surgeon drug gangs triples the numbers of Albanians in jails with 726 offenders from the Balkan state behind bars just last year. Now, people won't remember it, but during the Kosovo thing and the Yugoslavian Kosovo thing, uh, the ethnic Albanians was one of the reasons, supposedly, they went to war to save them, the United Nations or NATO, when they saved them. That's the excuse they gave. But the fact is that the Albanians were the ones who were the biggest drug dealers. For the, they're awfully important for the whole region, for the whole of Europe. The drugs came through them, from Afghanistan and so on, and through them and across Europe. And now they're finding the, the grenades that they're blowing folk up with in, in Sweden. And it, there's one community in Britain there with their grenades now too, are coming from the Albanians. They've got massive stockpiles of drugs and weaponry and so on. So there you go. I mean, this is this is where it's all. Again, you're just making, you know, you're just making omelets, and uh, you know you, you can't do it without breaking all the, the eggs and so on. But then you get to this though, <laughs> which again is me. Here's my take on things. I know who put Trump in. I know. There was no choice for the rest of the people because, you, 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 number one, you don't get what you, you think you're going to get anyway. Come on. As I said before, they always say the right things, the same quotes and so on to get any part. Everybody was so sick of what happened with the previous regime too. And sure, people always want change. So you just need a person who say they're going to get it and in they go. There really was nobody to vote for. The PNAC group, as I say, I've mentioned before, they published... In their own website, the countries they want to take out. Massive, powerful organization indeed. There's an incredible controversy right now about really the overreaching power of, of different groups within the US and outside too, for that matter. It's true enough too. I was reading about all the lobby groups in different countries that act on different countries. It's just incredible. Because if governments start to, to do what, what powerful lobby groups want, what's the point in say, pretending you're a national government in the first place if someone, an outsider, is, is telling you what to do? Or in particular, inside group, inside the country for that matter, if it doesn't affect everybody, then, then why should any particular minority, any minority, tell them what to do? And including powerful organizations or, or powerful corporations for that matter. Here you have Bolton. I'll put up an article on him, but also just look into his look into his Wikipedia. It tells you the agencies he belongs to. It's fantastic. <laughs> what an incredible list. Uh, he was a lawyer. He, he skipped the draft, of course. They all do that. He changed the thing, same thing in uh, the U.S. with Bush. They're all pretty all the same. They're all lawyers. That's their that's the only thing they have. But they belong to the same organization, the Peanut Group, and it's changed its name today. But it's the same group. 
they're sworn to an agenda that's rather scary, actually. It's all the countries they want to take out, the ones that still to be taken out, including Syria and Iran. And they want to use the U.S. and its taxpayers and its military and its, and its blood and sweat and tears to do it all. It's rather sad, isn't it? But again, the, the, the whip it up saying that Iran is, is now the biggest dangerous to the planet, the most dangerous evil Satan of the planet, and blah, 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 and that's how they do it all. And that generally is good enough for the people, unfortunately. Again, when you're getting lots of sex and lots of entertainment and so on, that's good enough for the people. You're not really that concerned, even when it threatens the destruction of other big nations, which will end up flooding their own populations. You, you wouldn't stay there either if you're getting bombed. And you know you're on schedule to get really bombed until you're extinct, just like Iraq. You wouldn't stay around either. And they know this. They plan for the floods that they'll follow, which also goes along with the agenda too, isn't it? The world government system, the common culture that will come out maybe 100 years down the road after all the chaos. I'll put this, this up for you too, to show you that, that yeah, this, this Bolton, is, is their, this is their bulldog really for war, and it belongs to all the right organisations, for this, it belongs also to JINSA, an institute for national security of America, but it's a Jewish institute, actually. It's from Wikipedia. And this is on his own wiki as well. He belongs to it. And Trump really must get this done before he's out of office, just in case he doesn't get back in again. I think that's what the push is on for now, because he promised a lot of action on this to get in, and he's going to do it, I think. So it's, it's not good at all. But watch what happened with Iraq, with, with Bush. And, uh, and and Bush admitted it during the, the little pathetic diluted inquiry afterwards that Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with the, the with the twin towers or anything. <laughs> he was just a bad man, and he thought it was better to get rid of him. Well, is that that's that's a legal cause? You didn't like this person, let's get rid of them. Then you flatten them into the Stone Age until perpetual war forever with all fighting factions. You'll never get national government there again. That works, and that's exactly. The agenda that Kissinger said he'd look for, and, and Brzezinski as well. Non-functioning. And they want to do the same with Syria. They made it quite plain in this particular group said so the same thing about Syria. So there's much, much more going on. And, and I hope, I wish people would just look into it for themselves. Yes, it's unpleasant. All these things are unpleasant. You've been trained to think this is bad and that's bad to even think about such a thing. But you have to look into these unpleasant things to see why things are really happening. Because you're going to pay for it. People are going to get killed. And your own people too, but you'll be killed and around other people. And it's not for your benefit or anybody else's benefit. It's for private benefits. And that's not the way it should be. So I'll put that up too. And I'll put up some of the, the terrible things that are happening, say, in Britain. And I'll also put up a few other articles to do what I've been talking about tonight. Uh, a lighter note, I guess, there's a cannabis activist who attempted to hang himself by leaping from a public gallery of the Dutch Parliament in front of horrified politicians after leaving a Facebook post saying he says, I had to do this because he's an activist for, for cannabis. So he, he threw himself off the, the overhead balcony and so he started high and he came down low. And that was it, I suppose. So you, you have all this going on too. There's also an awfully good article. I don't know if we'll do this one, but it's to do with the famous society. Because way back, the famous society and how at the very beginning of them, they talked about multiculturalism and how they would promote that to eradicate the, the system across Europe as well. It's been there for an awful long time. And as I say, that the, you, if you are voting for your people you think are standing up for your, for your rights, for the people, for the native populations, but they want you eradicated. It's, and I'm not, this is just what it, it's not, I'm not making this up. 
This is fact. We had Sutherland uh, saying the same thing recently too, before he died, about the eradication of the native populations, the homogenous populations, he said. And then you have the things they're promoting now, which is not going to go well for people across the, the world. As they push this, the, I was looking to try to find out where this white privilege idea came from that they're promoting. Again, they had that to the United Nations, with the different educational things that would promote across the world, this white privilege thing. You know, when I, <laughs> when I was born, and, uh, and across different big cities in Britain and so on as well, I was in the country, well, I wasn't in the country, it was a small town, but you had folk with rickets and so on. They'd been malnourished. They'd been through two world wars and afterwards. Don't forget the rationing in Britain didn't go out to about 1954. So from World War I, they had rationing. They had a Great Depression take over from it. The Depression lasted in World War II, which they, and they had massive, uh, again, rationing again. And you had folk, literally, who were, who were working class people who had rickets and all kinds of poor disease, you know, the poverty diseases. Common, common. But now we're trying to make it out there, oh, white privilege. Huh? White privilege? Really? Folk don't really care, though, do they? They really, really don't care. It's easier to hate who you're told to hate than actually think and have some compassion. Right? So here's racist to the court. Outrageous nurses in Australia are subject to a new code, a new code to keep their jobs, right? Where they must announce their white privilege before treating Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander patients. This is going to spread this. This is getting promoted, and you'll find it in other countries now, too. You've got to apologize for being white, basically. This will not end well. This, 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 if you go along with this nonsense, it will not end well. Because the young ones are getting taught to hate, you see. They don't know how it really, really was for people not so long ago. Remember the old movie, To Serve With Love, too, you know, that they did uh, with, I think it was a guy from, from the Caribbean nations who came over and, and became a teacher in East End London. It's worthwhile reading the story, the actual book itself, too, that he put out, too. And he never saw so much poverty. White privilege, eh? Really. Don't let lies take over for, for someone else's agenda, because it's going to end up in terror and horror. Horror, absolute horror. Believe you me. It's going to be stopped. These things have to be stopped before they start. So don't play along with them. Also, child sex gang of seven predatory men who abused girls as young as 13 and actually had the term for their actions on the license plate and for the wagon that they had in the British terminology they used for that particular act on the license plate. And they've been at it for a long time. Put that up. Pedophile grandfather sold children for sex in a Telford rape house where perverts queued down the stairs to abuse Youngsters, it's like a third world, isn't it? <laughs> this is stuff you you never you you would kind of again you would turn my head away because it'd be third world stuff, and now it's it's not third world anymore. Or else we're all becoming third world, I guess. Maybe getting used to the idea before they collapse the economy again. Who knows? Also, tuberculosis is really uh, blossoming now, with drug resistant tuberculosis really exploding. So it's uh, good articles on that too. So you can you can actually get some. Not bad stories again, but again, it is to be expected. The epidemiology of tuberculosis in Europe and from the World Health Organization, who admit now there's a lot of it coming in with AIDS too, both often at the same time. And the latest victim of London's crime epidemic, a young guy, 23 years old, student, shot and stabbed to death in an unprovoked attack. It was, it was said he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. This is his own country. He's in the wrong place. The wrong, is this going somewhere? How can he be in the wrong place? Nonsense. What a terrible thing to put down, wrong place at the wrong time. 
And also gender bending chemicals found in plastic linked to breast and prostate cancer found in 86% of teenagers' bodies. Remember, too, the idea was also to promote all these things, different varieties of sexual behavior, as long as you didn't have children, to bring down the population. And, you th- and also <laughs> some of the amazing statements made long, long ago to do to, with other ways of, th- of making sure that you would not have children. You become sterile. Well, guess what? It's all happening. And new diseases, too, bring it down. As it's all happening, isn't it? All, the, the, the old recipe they talked about, it's all happening at the same time. All the, the ingredients are there. Quite something else. I'll put up these articles. To me, it's not just a complaining period I'm having here. I'm just trying to say that for, there are people who want to think, they want to know, they want to know what's going on. And we're living in an age where it's getting diffi- more difficult to, to actually say anything that's going on because we've been trained not to say things. Isn't that awful? How can you possibly, possibly ever pretend that you're free when you can't say things, eh? China, and I've got the articles too, but China's social approval policies, where they use peer groups and the rest of the citizens, no matter what you're doing online or whatever, even purchasing things for the social approval, what they think of you, and they mark you off with one, two, three, fours. Well, they're bringing it into Australia now as they spread the idea. So you'll be forced, forced, this is what it is, to shut up and be like clones of each other with the same, the same terminology, the same opinions, or else you, you'll be cut off from even buying things or even getting a job. And Bertrand Russell talked about that in the 1950s, the system they'd bring in. And bingo, we're watching it come in. And you think you're free. You have no idea, none at all, of the powers that manage your mind. From myself, Alan Watchman, here Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.